Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Scarb Show. I am your host, Andrew Scarborough, and today's date is August 2nd, 2023. We are tuned in live from Salt Lake City. Summer is coming to a close. We are near the fall season. Of course, we still have one more month, but we're coming to an end of the summer, so try to get out there and enjoy it as much as you can. But we have a lot to talk about today, so stick around wherever you may be. Enjoy this podcast, and let's get to it, baby. Let's go. Alrighty, everybody, welcome to the Scarb Show. Hopefully your week is going very well so far, so hopefully uh, you are enjoying the summertime. But let's get into this podcast as we are going to go into the NFL, where the NFL season is officially underway pretty much. Training camp has begun. Players have reported. We have the first preseason game coming up this Thursday. It's against the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. It's the Hall of Fame game that they do every single year, so that should be a good matchup. And then, of course, the NFL regular season starts here in about a month. But anyways, things to come with training camp aren't always so good. Um, one of the worst things in training camp every year is seeing players go down and suffer season-ending injuries before the season even begins. So definitely that has hit my team this week. The Denver Broncos have suffered two injuries, so to say, this week. As wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, Tim Patrick uh, has suffered a torn Achilles, um, which is hor- horrible for the Denver Broncos. Not only are they trying to get healthy and have a full healthy team for the season, but Tim Patrick was just recovering from a torn ACL that he suffered last last year in training camp that kept him out the entire season and now goes down with this torn Achilles in this training camp and is done for the year this year. So it's it's a terrible situation because Tim Patrick is one of the best wide receivers on the team. He is one of the best uh, personalities on the Denver Broncos, makes great plays when he's, when he's available. But hopefully his career doesn't end here. Hopefully he can recover from it. Hopefully he can come back stronger. So prayers up to Tim Patrick. I don't know if he'll still be a Denver Bronco next year, but hopefully, like I said, his career isn't over. He can land with someone else because he is a great wide receiver when he is healthy. But terrible news to come out of that. And then also my Denver Broncos took another hit this week as speedy wide receiver K.J. Hamler was waived due to a heart condition that he is currently going through right now. Um, so he is no longer part of the team as of right now. Um, it's 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 a, it's not a serious heart condition. I mean, any heart condition can be serious, of course, but it, this is not a serious one. It's one that you can take medicine for, kind of like high blood pressure, so to say, um, that you can take medicine for it and recover from it. So hopefully we'll see him back with the Denver Broncos here in the next couple of weeks or a couple of months or so. They haven't ruled out re-signing him, but as of right now, the Denver Broncos waived him this week with the addition of Tim Patrick going down for the season. So definitely a couple blows to that Denver Bronco offense. Of course, we still have a good wide receiver room in Cortland Sutton, in Jerry Judy. We also have Marquez Calloway. We also have a Marvin Mims, who we drafted in the second round of this year's draft, who's got some speed and those legs. So he'll definitely be a slot receiver. And then, of course, if the Denver Broncos look to go to the free agency side of it and look to sign a new player, of course, there's Julio Jones still available 
and T.Y. Hilton also available. Those are probably the biggest names in the wide receiver free agent group. But definitely a tough blue, but I think the Denver Broncos will still be all right. I think Russ still has plenty of weapons around him, plenty of speed around him. It's just a crusher to see because we wanted our whole team to be healthy this year, and we suffered two injuries back-to-back. But that's the part of NFL training camp that happens every year. And we are not the only team to suffer an injury this year as NFL superstar quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, has suffered a calf injury over the last week, and he is ruled out to be out about several weeks. Not a crazy uh, huge injury. Um, I think he'll bounce back from it. He's not out for the year. He'll probably miss the first two weeks of the regular season. Of course, he's not going to play any of the preseason games, but he should be back by week three. But who knows? Maybe that gets better and he's back sooner. But, of course, calf injuries can linger throughout the whole year. Um, they can be a little – that injury that you can't get rid of. Um, but I think Joe Burrow will be just fine. He suffered worse injuries and came back stronger. So he'll be all right. He should be back by week three. And then also another huge blow for an NFL team, this team being the Miami Dolphins as superstar cornerback Jalen Ramsey tore his MCL in training camp and is – presumed pretty much out the whole year he is not expected back till about december which is pretty much the last month of the nfl regular season now of course if the dolphins get in the playoffs he'll play in january and play in the playoffs which i believe if tua can turn it around and tua can be a great quarterback for them they have the weapons to be there and they have the defense behind them to make a to make the playoffs but a crushing blow to that miami defense as jalen ramsey is pretty much done for the whole year uh, with a torn men- uh, meniscus. All right, and continuing on in the NFL, as we had other NFL training camp news, but not injury-wise news, but contract news. Like I said in my previous podcast, contracts are a hot topic during this time of year. And one of the biggest things to come out of the last week or so was Colts running back, superstar running back, Jonathan Taylor, uh, wanted a new contract, um, asked Colts owner Jim Ursay for a new contract. They denied giving him a contract, and he said pretty much requested a trade from the Indianapolis Colts. And this is huge for the Indianapolis Colts because they're just, I don't know, right now, the last couple of years, they've been a, kind of a mess of a franchise. Um, Jonathan Taylor is one of their bright spots. Of course, Andrew Luck retired. And ever since then, they haven't had decent quarterbacks. They haven't had really good years. Of course, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan had a horrific year with the Colts last year. But they're they're a new team behind the helm of newly acquired quarterback that they drafted in the draft this year, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. So he is a young quarterback, which I believe he'll be the, the future of the Colts. I like his statistics. I like his build. I like his ability as an NFL quarterback. So we'll see what the Colts do. But they've kind of just been a mess over the last couple of years. And this just kind of adds on top of it with their star running back now requesting a trade. And then it didn't seem like Colts owner Jim Ursay was too phased about Jonathan Taylor requesting a trade. As he said that pretty much Jonathan Taylor does not matter. And that the NFL will continue to go on. And the NFL will forget about them. Like he. His quote was, if I died today or if Jonathan Taylor was no 
not a part of the Colts organization anymore, it wouldn't matter. No one would care. No one, the NFL would go on and the NFL would move on. And this is a stupid, this is a stupid uh, quote from Jim Ursay because, dude, Jonathan Taylor is your bright spot. He's the face of your franchise right now. He is your star running back. NFL fans, of course, they love the game of football, but they go to the NFL games to see their star, their their favorite players play on the playing field. So obviously, if, if Jonathan Taylor moved on from the Colts, Colts fans really wouldn't want to show up to the games. They, they, they come there to see Jonathan Taylor live and in person. You might lose some fans because Jonathan Taylor is a big part of their team. And, you know, NFL fans, they hate losing big parts of their team, especially when they go to new teams and rival teams even. So this is a this is a kind of a dumb quote by Jim Ursay. Of course, the NFL moves on. Of course, the NFL goes on. But you also don't move on from your star players, especially when they're young and in their primes like Jonathan Taylor is right now. So I don't get that quote, but we'll see what the Colts do with him. Um, they are rumors of trades happening. Um, some potential suitors to look out for for Jonathan Taylor would be the Chicago Bears. And of course, the Kansas City Chiefs have been rumored to trade for him if a trade were to occur. But um, I think they need to pay this man. Of course, you want, like I said in my previous podcast, you want to avoid the uh, you want to avoid the giving a running back a huge contract, so to say, like we saw in Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott. The list goes on and on. But also, when he is kind of the star of your team and you're still figuring out your quarterback situa- situation. You, you pay the man right now because you're not going to pay Richardson for four more years when he's done with his rookie deal. You have no one else really on your team besides Michael Pittman that's a star. So why not go and pay your running back and keep him on the team and keep your identity of the Indianapolis Colts because the Indianapolis Colts really do need an identity, um, especially now that they have a new head coach, and uh, Shane Steichen, who came over from the Eagles. Um, so they definitely need to create an identity, especially over the last couple of years that they've been a team that no one really cares about. So we'll see what happens with Jonathan Taylor and the Jim Ursay kind of drama. And hopefully they pay the man. Hopefully they keep him on the Colts because he is one of the star running backs in the league today. All right, we are going to move on to other things. And then also, like I said, this is not only a big time of the year for NFL training camp. But on the other side, we head to Major League Baseball, where the MLB trade deadline has now come and gone. And that is one of the most big events, or biggest events in the MLB every year. And it occurs usually around end of July, beginning of August. So some huge trades came out of this deadline, including the Mets selling. I mean, the Mets sold off their entire team pretty much. They got rid of a lot of players. And Mets' owner was was not... messing around man he was like i'm i don't like how we're playing this is not the team i expected so we're going we're going to go ahead and we're going to sell at the trade deadline and that they did indeed including trading their two superstar pitchers in max scherzer and justin verlander of course max scherzer was traded to the texas ranger in a deal and then uh justin verlander was also traded back to the team he played for last year he was traded to the houston astros they also got rid of Daniel Robinson, Eduardo Escobar, all kinds of other players. So it's going to be a brand new Mets team um, here in the next couple of years. They're probably going to they, 
the owner said they're probably not going to be relevant probably till 2025, 2026. So they did get a lot of prospects for these players that they traded. So obviously they're going to build them through the farm system, build them up and then see what happens. And hopefully the Mets are back, but definitely was a sell-off. They still got a couple good players, of course. They got Nemo, Pete Alonzo, Daniel Vogelback, who I like to call Danny Burgers because the dude is a tank of a man. But the Mets are still got some good players, but they definitely did sell off a lot of their guys. And those were two of probably the biggest trades to happen during this MLB trade deadline. Of course, there was a lot of other trades, but I could go on and on about that. You you probably want to look it up if you're really curious to see how many people were traded. There was tons of trades. Um, but anyways, those are probably the two biggest. The Cardinals, actually, the St. Louis Cardinals were expected to sell their a lot of their team off, but they didn't. They, they pretty much stood still. They, they kind of traded like couple of their pitchers but they didn't really trade like Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, all their other big guys you know so to say so I was kind of shocked about that you still got Wilson Contreras in St. Louis so I think St. Louis is either going to look into the free agent pool this coming offseason or they're on they're going to stick with their superstars in Paul Goldschmidt, Contreras and Nolan Arenado so we'll see what happens there in other MLB news uh last night Astros pitcher, speaking of the Astros, the same day they acquired Justin Verlander, the other Astros pitcher named Framber Valdez threw a no-hitter. Um, it was a great performance. So the Astros are having a really good week, not only acquiring one of the best pitchers in the league, but one of their best pitchers on the team is doing his job and throwing a no-no. So congratulations to them. They're definitely going to be a a hot team going into the postseason as they always are. Of course, they did win the World Series this last year. So we'll see what happens with the Astros. It's going to be a great playoff race come here in October. All right, now we are moving on from all that MLB news, and we are going to move on back to the UFC, where UFC 291 has just concluded here last weekend in Salt Lake City. And let me tell you, that card was crazy, man. Of course, my previous podcast, I discussed it with my boy Sid. Um, but, man, that 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 card really lived up to expectations. Um, what Every fight, every single fight was great. Every single fight had a storyline to it. Every fight had a crazy ending to it, so to say. So it was a great card. And, of course, the main event, Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. And, of course, Justin Gaethje, who I called in my previous podcast to win, took the dub against Dustin Poirier with a second-round head kick knockout. And it was like – it was the craziest thing ever because the first fight between Poirier and Gaethje, they went round for round. And, of course, Poirier ended up winning. But this fight went quick, but this was an electric fight right off the get. The first round was a great matchup. They both exchanged with each other, and we knew this fight would turn out to be a great fight, but we didn't know this fight would end so quick. Coming out of the second round, right off the bat, Justin Gaethje with a punch to the face and a head kick knockout to knock Dustin Poirier out and win the BMF title, which is BMF stands for baddest mother effort pretty much, so... It was a great card. Of course, you also had Derek Lewis with the flying knee kick knockout 30 seconds into the first round against a Lima. That was crazy. Oh, my gosh. There were just so many great fights. My boy Kevin Holland took a dub 
against Michael Casilla. And then, of course, Ferguson lost to Bobby Green, who Bobby Green uh, just went out there and pretty much did his thing and took a dub for himself. And so to say, Tony Ferguson is now 0-5, 0-6, I believe. Um, so he's definitely ending towards the end of his career, probably. He's been losing a lot lately. But, man, this card was just great. Even the prelims were great. Uh, me and my boy Sid went down to downtown Salt Lake City where we met UFC fighters Brendan Allen and Macy Barber, two of the coolest UFC fighters in person to meet. So that was a great experience. But congratulations to Justin Gaethje on taking the title bout. And I'm hoping he would, he, he'll would he be able to fight uh, Alexander Volkanovsky for the title here soon. Of course, Conor McGregor wanted a piece of Justin Gaethje after that fight. So Conor McGregor is supposed to show up here soon. I don't know when he's going to fight. It's probably going to be December against Michael Chandler, but I'd love to see him and Gaethje fight, of course. So, but congratulations to Justin Gaethje. I knew he was going to take the dub this time. Hopefully we see a Poirier versus Gaethje three here in the future. Um, but man, Salt Lake City was electric. It was a sold-out crowd. Um, the UFC loves coming to Salt Lake City. All the fighters love coming to Salt Lake City. So Salt Lake City represent. Hopefully we'll, I'm sure we will get another UFC pay-per-view here in the near future, maybe next year even. So we'll see what's, what happens there. But crazy, crazy card. It was a great fight. Um, great fights all throughout. And what an electric atmosphere here in Salt Lake City for UFC 291. All right, moving on to our last topic before this podcast ends, and we are going to head to the college football world where some news over the last couple of weeks has came out, and one being the biggest as Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh is suspended for the four, first four games of the season due to recruiting violations. Um, I'm not exactly sure ex what this all entails and what he exactly did, but they were saying he kind of offered them food and offered them this and offered them that. And you're not supposed to do that when you're recruiting players. You're supposed to just say, hey, this is Michigan. We would like to recruit you. Hopefully you have some interest, pretty much, so to say. And he kind of broke those rules. It kind of went on the ins and outs of those rules, and they finally caught him. But he's only suspended the first four games of the year. So Michigan, I don't think, is totally in trouble this year. But it definitely takes a hit with their head coach being gone the first month of the year. But... Like I said, it's a long college football season. I think Michigan will bounce back from this, but Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh is suspended for the first four games of the college football season. And then secondly, the Colorado Buffaloes um, are now on the pretty much the new, are, are a brand new team with their new head coach and Hall of Fame cornerback Deion Sanders. He is making moves for the team, and they have just announced over the last week that they are moving on from the Pac-12 and will be moving to the Big 12 and at the beginning of the 2024 college football season. So this is huge news. Um, the Pac-12 becomes less popular, so to say, as it's not really being a, a, a huge conference. Of course, it's huge for us in Salt Lake City because our Utah Utes are a part of the Pac-12 and the Colorado Buffaloes are one of our biggest rivals every year. But Deion Sanders is trying to turn this college football program around, and he is looking to invest in his team even bigger to have bigger competition and have bigger players join the Colorado Buffaloes in the future years to come. And then also, hopefully, we see a lot of Colorado Buffalo players getting drafted in the NFL in the years to come. 
So some big news to come out of the college football world this week. And yeah, let's move on. All right, we are heading towards the end of this podcast. This was a short one, but a lot we covered in this one. So I glad. I hope you guys stuck around. I hope you guys enjoyed and listened. Um, of course, if you are enjoying my podcast, like I say in every podcast, please go and follow my Instagram account at The Scarf Show. Um, and then also follow and like my podcast, share with your friends, family, whoever you know is a big sports fan, so to say. But anyways, we are going to move on to the fun fact of the day. And of course, the fun fact of the day for August 2nd, 2023 is the country of Japan has 23 vending machines for every one person that is uh, a part of Japan. And this is crazy because you know how many people are in Japan? There is a lot of people in Japan. Tokyo is one of the biggest cities in the world. And that they have 23 vending machines for each person that lives in Japan is just undeniably crazy of like how much vending machines they have. Like there's probably a vending machine on every square inch of every road and every shop you go to. So that's a crazy fact to know. I hope you guys enjoyed that fact. But anyways, this has been the Scarb Show. I have been your host, Andrew Scarbo. Of course, we are live in Salt Lake City. Thank you guys for sticking around and tuning in. And we will see you guys next week.